Let me invite you to turn into the New Testament and probably to the very first page of the New Testament in your Bible, the Gospel of Matthew and chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. Matthew 1, 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, behold, The virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Father, thank you that so long ago you sent Jesus, your son, to be God with us. Thank you that if we know him by faith, that even though he has gone from this world that you are still with us by the power of his spirit. And thank you that not only do we have the Holy Spirit with us now, but that Christ is coming again someday to be with us and to take us to be with you. So as we consider him this morning, come now and be with us. Teach us. Help us. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's an important thing, selecting a name for a child, isn't it? Toby and I have now had occasion to do it six different times, and each time you feel like you have to get it just right. After all, whatever designation you select will, for better or sometimes for worse, follow this little one around for the rest of his or her life. And so you select carefully, don't you? Maybe you consult one of those baby name books, or you comb through the family tree, or through the Bible, or through the history of the church to find a name uh, whose memory and character you can honor in your family history or in the history of the family of faith. And you probably, as you do all these things, scratch off a few possibilities along the way, right? Because your spouse had a quirky uncle or an old high school crush by that same name, and so it won't possibly do to name him that. And then finally, after all the back and forth, after all the give and take, you settle on just the right name, and hopefully your child grows up and thanks you for it ever after. And if we, if we put that much weight on the naming of our children, might we not expect our Heavenly Father, in whose image we have been created, to put great emphasis on the naming of His only begotten Son? And we see that in this passage, do we not? There are a number of things here, but one of the things that this passage is about is about names. 
as we're given this Christmas account from the perspective of Joseph, Jesus' adoptive father. Joseph is betrothed to this young and apparently godly woman named Mary, but then before the wedding day, she turns up pregnant, and not by Joseph. And if you can put yourself in Joseph's shoes, you can see, I think, that he must have been crushed by this news. But Joseph is a righteous man, and so he's going to handle this discreetly. He's not going to out this young girl and embarrass her in front of everyone. And in all these things, we see the depth of his character, don't we? But as we discover, Joseph doesn't yet know the whole story. Mary is not with child because she has been unfaithful, but because God has been faithful to his promises spoken through the prophets to send a savior into the world. The child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph must marry her and he must raise this child. But what will he name him? More importantly, what would God, who planted this child in Mary's womb, God, who is the child's actual father, what would God have this child named? Names are important, aren't they? And in this passage, we find that God has two names selected for his only begotten son. One of them will be the child's proper name, and the other of them more like a title, it seems to me. One name is given by the angel who has come to visit Joseph. The other had been announced many centuries prior by the prophet Isaiah. And I just want you to listen to these names again in verses 21 through 23. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. You shall call his name Jesus, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, both of those names are important simply because the Father in heaven selected them, right? That would be reason enough for us to treasure the names of our Savior, simply because they are the names that the Father chose and because we treasure the one to whom they were given. But we're given all the more reason to treasure these names because this passage lets us know what they mean, doesn't it? This passage informs us why our Father selected these particular names for His beloved Son. You shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. And they shall call His name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Jesus, as so often is the case with children, even today, was given His names for a reason. And if we think about the reasons and the meaning behind our Savior's names in this passage, I think we'll be blessed to understand him just a little bit better, to worship him just a little more fully, to make just a little more headway towards a meaningful Christmas. And so I just want us to think a little bit further this morning about these two names that are given to the child of Bethlehem. And I want to take them in reverse order, beginning with the name Emmanuel. In verse 23, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. God with 
us. That's what the name Emmanuel means. And those three words in the English are pregnant with meaning, aren't they? First of all, they remind us that the baby growing in Mary's womb, the child that will be wrapped in cloths and laid in a manger, is no mere baby. This is the very child about whom the prophet Isaiah had spoken so long ago, the child who would be born of a virgin, the child who would be called God with us. God with us. The baby in the manger, as the ancient Nicene Creed puts it, is very God of very God. He is the king of glory himself, fully God, come down from heaven in human form. God with us. And Matthew is at pains in this first chapter of his gospel to demonstrate that that is so. First of all, he makes sure both in verse 23 and again in verse 25 that we understand that this child was born to a virgin. Not any normal birth born to a virgin. And he also repeats twice In verses 18 and 20, the fact that this child has been conceived of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't have a father like you and I have a father. God is his father. And even the fact that this Jesus, verse 21, will save his people from their sins is a reminder that the child of Bethlehem is God in the flesh. Because who can forgive sins? but God alone. Matthew is at pains to show us that this baby is, in fact, God, not only by reminding us of the name from the book of Isaiah, but in so many other ways as well. And to sum up these facts, Matthew does quote from Isaiah, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Matthew, of course, is not the only apostle to emphasize the deity of the child of Bethlehem, is he? The apostle John said it like this in the very first verse of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the apostle Paul emphasizes this same idea, Colossians 2.9, In him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's what we see when we look down into the manger at Bethlehem. That's what we should see. Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And even Jesus himself would emphasize this when he said, for instance, in John 10, I and the Father are one. Jesus is God with us. And what that means for us is that the story of the baby in the manger is not merely a quaint old world tale that makes for charming greeting cards and nostalgic songs and that warms our hearts once a year like a well-timed mug of spiritual apple cider. Now, I like the quaint aspects of Christmas probably as much as anyone in this room, but we mustn't simply hover there because the baby in the manger is actually God with us. This is the most wonderful and the most earth-shattering event imaginable. God has come down in human form. And depending on how we respond to him, that could either be the most wonderful or the most terrifying thing in the world. But either way, the baby in the manger cannot be safely ignored. 
or treated merely as picturesque, not at Christmas and not in any nanosecond of our lives. This is God who has come down to be with us. Not merely a good teacher, not merely a good example, not merely a lovely story, but very God of very God. But then notice also that this name Emmanuel is not simply God with us, but God with us. Jesus is not just God, he is God come down, God with us. He whom the highest heavens cannot contain confined himself to an infant's body and a mother's womb. He who gives to all people life and breath and all things made himself dependent upon a mother's milk and an earthly father's care. He who is worshipped day and night with the angelic cry, Holy, 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 came now and kept company with the shepherds of Bethlehem. And he who sat on a throne, lofty and exalted, was now laid in a manger and wrapped not in a robe whose train filled the temple, but in swaddling clothes, as the King James famously puts it. Never did anyone stoop so low as the eternal Son of God who humbled himself to enter time and to become the Son of Mary. God came into our world with all its decay, with all its blemishes, with all its limitations, with all its finiteness to be with us. And to be with us not merely as God, but to be with us as also a full-blooded man. Not merely to be with us, but to be one of us. That's right, the babe in Bethlehem did not just appear human. He actually was human and is human fully and completely just like we are, yet without sin. He was born in Bethlehem. He hungered and thirsted as a baby and as a man just like we do. Perhaps that night in Bethlehem he was cold like we would have been. I think he probably cried just like every other baby cries. And when he grew up, he wept just like we sometimes do. And he slept just like we all must do. And he bled just like we do. In every way possible, he was just as human as you and I are. Except that with God as his father, he did not inherit a nature corrupt by the fall. He did not have a sinful nature like the rest of us do. But you know, even that did not make him any less human than you and me, did it? Because sin was not intrinsic to our humanity from the beginning, was it? Yes, today we are all born with sin at the core of our being, but mankind was not this way from the beginning, was he? No, sin is an added ingredient to human nature, a poison that was introduced after the fact. And so the fact that Jesus doesn't have a sin nature like you and me, far from making him somehow superhuman, actually just means that he was and is more purely human than you and I have ever been. Fully God, this babe in Bethlehem, and also fully man. God with us. God among us. God as one of us. And that's good to know, isn't it? Because since Jesus is one of us, since the Son of God has become the Son of Man, as the hymn writer Johnson Oatman Jr. put it, Jesus knows all about our struggles. Or as the author of Hebrews 
wrote, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So if you're lonely this Christmas, Jesus knows what it is to be lonely. And if you are bereaved, Jesus knows that feeling as well. And if you're in pain, Jesus certainly understands pain. And if you're pulled and prodded towards sin, Jesus has been tempted, just like you are being tempted. And he sympathizes with you, and he can help you. And when you are just absolutely delighted in your family or in the various joys of the holidays, rest assured that he who attended weddings and turned water into wine knows how to rejoice too, just like you. Never forget these things. This baby in Bethlehem, this best of men, this crucified one, this king who is now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, this Emmanuel is very God, a very God, but he is also God with us. But it's that last word that's the most dumbfounding of all, isn't it? We've noted this before. God with us? Us? The ones who sinned in the garden, us who wrecked God's creation, us who dragged God's name through the mud, us who gave occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, God with us, the human race, and God with us individuals who've continued in Adam and Eve's iniquity, even down to this day, God with us who argue on the way to church, God with us who gossip on the phones, God with us who sometimes think the most selfish and ugly thoughts about our co-workers. God with us who can't control our appetites. God with us who look at what we shouldn't see and touch what we shouldn't touch. God with us who so often neglect to pray. God with us who snap at our kids or sass our parents. God with us who bend the truth in order to get our way. God with us in our materialism. God with us? If that were not what the text plainly said, it would sound utterly absurd for me to say that, would it not? Why would God, whose eyes are too pure to approve evil, why would he want to come and dwell with us? This is just as much the wonder of Christmas as anything else, isn't it? Not just that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but that God so loved a world that has gone terribly astray. A world full of people like us, who even on our best days are so much less than what God created us to be. God with us? It's almost too good to be true, is it not? But here it is in black and white in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And that amazing and startling fact brings us to the other name for the child of Bethlehem, the one that the angel gave him in verse 21. Not only Emmanuel, but also you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus. That name with which we are so familiar comes from the Greek version of a Hebrew name, Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. That's what his name means. And that 
the angel tells us, is why he was to be called by that name. Because that's exactly what Jesus came to do, to bring salvation. And aren't we glad that's what Jesus' name means? He came to be with us, verse 23, not so that he could grow up and wreak God's vengeance on the sinful world in which he'd come to live, but so that, verse 21, he might bring salvation to it. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. That's why he traded the angels for a band of lowly shepherds. That's why he traded his throne for a barnyard feed trough. That's why he swapped eternity for Bethlehem and heaven for earth in order that he might save his people from their sins. And that's why it's so very important that he was both fully God and fully man. For had he not been fully human, would Jesus have been a suitable candidate to die for human sins? After all, it is us, humankind, who have broken God's law, isn't it? It's humanity that's incurred God's curse. It's humanity who deserve God's wrath. And so it is fitting that the one who would come and absorb that wrath on our behalf, the one who would come and receive the punishment for human sins, would actually be one of us, a human himself, a human who had no sins of his own, for which he must die and who could therefore stand in at the bar of God's justice and receive the judgment due to his kinsmen. Human blood to atone for human sin. That's why the Messiah came to us as a baby in Bethlehem and not just as God on his throne, so that this real, live, flesh and blood baby might grow into a real, live, flesh and blood man who could die for the sins of his very own human race. The word became flesh and dwelt among us so that in that flesh he might also die among us and for us and thus save his people from their sins. But he wasn't mere flesh, was he? The child of Bethlehem was God with us, we said, right? And it's a good thing that he was that as well. It's a good thing that our Jesus was not just a man, It's a good thing that he had God as his father. Because righteous and upright as Joseph was here in verse 19, he was still a man with a nature like ours, wasn't he? Joseph was still a sinner like me and like you. And so if Jesus had come into Joseph's family by normal means... If Jesus had not been conceived of the Holy Spirit, if Jesus had not had a divine nature as well as a human one, if Jesus had been just a man... He'd have been born sinful, like you and I. And if he had been born sinful, well, then he'd have his own sins for which he must perish and would never have been a candidate to go to the cross and die for ours. But praise God, we don't have to ponder that possibility for very long, do we? Because it was not to be. This Jesus, fully God and fully man, was perfectly suited to be all that was needed in order to save his people from their sins. Fully man, so that he might die for his fellow men, and yet conceived of the Holy Spirit and fully God, so that he might be pure enough to do so. God with us as one of us, and God with us, with all the fullness of deity dwelling in bodily form. In fact, I think it's fair to say that it is because the Savior was Emmanuel 
God with us, that he was also able to be Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. That's why I put them in the order I put them. It is because the Savior was Emmanuel, God with us, that he was also able to be Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. Is that what you see when you look down on the manger at Bethlehem? God with us? The King of glory come down to earth? And do you see God with us? Do you see one who is as fully-blooded human as you are? Fully God, but fully man. And are you struck by the fact that this seemingly impossible union of human nature and divine has been brought together for us? In all our sin, in all our distraction and forgetfulness of God. God with us? To save us from our sins? This is the threefold wonder of Christ and of Christmas. God with us? God come down in the manger of Bethlehem? God with us? God come down as a man? And God with us? Even in all our sin? Do you know that threefold wonder? Of Christmas, Have you allowed yourself, have you given yourself the time, have you given Jesus the time yet this Christmas season to actually just sit and marvel at all the Christmas treasure that was wrapped in those swaddling clothes and laid in that manger that glorious night in Bethlehem? And are you, by faith, one of his people? Verse 21... Are you among those who have been saved by this Jesus from your sins? Have you called out to him for forgiveness, for cleansing, for a fresh start with God? And do you believe that he and only he can give these things and that he does give them to all who call upon him in truth? And if not, would you do so today? Would you believe on him today? Would you call upon him in truth today? Don't you want him to save you from your sins? Don't you want to learn by experience the meaning of his name, Jesus? Names are important. None so important as the two we find in these latter verses of Matthew chapter 1. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Make sure this Christmas and make sure every moment of your life that these names mean more to you than anything else.